your word. We are in a series, um, and again, I kind of told you in the spring, we're kind of in and out of this series. We're going to be in today and next Sunday, and then out for a couple of weeks, but back in, so you got to stay with me. I'm going to be, be bopping around a little bit um, as far as in and out of the series. We're looking at the fruit of the Spirit that is found in Galatians chapter 5, and uh, I want to read this with you. I want you to follow me as I read it, as our text for the series. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. What I want you to see is that this is the fruit of the Spirit. If you're sitting here this morning and you're a born-again child of God, there's been a time in your life that you've been saved and you're a born-again. The Spirit of God lives in you. Then today, you have the fruit of the Spirit living in you. There's one of you and there's one Spirit but it manifests itself in nine different areas in your life. So you can't say, well, I'm into the love thing, but mm, self-control, mm-mm, nah, my granddad had a temper, my daddy got a temper, and I got a temper. You just got to live with it, sweetie. I'm sorry. Right, we'll get there later. Some of y'all are like, I'm reading ahead, and that Sunday, I'm not going to be here, okay? But, but just trust me, be here, okay? But, but, but today, I want you to understand something. We have all nine. You can do all nine. All nine are attainable because of what? Not because of us, but because of him in us. Amen. So you can have the joy today. And we're going to look at joy. Joy's interesting today. In our society, if you look at joy, people say, what is joy? Well, it's being happy. Mm, no, it's not. No, it's not. Happiness is not joy, and joy is not happiness. I mean, some of you are like, well, I've been messed up all my life. Well, I'm sorry. You're not messed up. You're just confused. I'm about to help you with something. Happiness is not joy, okay? Neither is joy happiness, okay? And we're going to look at that in just a little bit. Listen to Psalm. Psalm 1611 says this, in his presence is the fullness of joy. Oh, my goodness. If we could just get up in the morning... And get that. <laughs> Just get up as the king takes that sun and, and, and rises that sun. If we could just say, today, Lord, in your presence is the fullness of joy. I mean, you're going to have a good day. I mean, there'll be some things trying to stop you from having a good day. But if you could walk in his presence each day and experience his fullness of joy, that would be incredible. So here's what I want to do. I want to look and see what is joy. What is joy? Now, here's what I found in life. Some things, it's hard to figure out what it is, but what you have to do is you have to answer the question what it's not, and then you find the answer what it is. So what I want to do is kind of work backwards into this. Joy, we'll define it in a little bit, but what is not joy? What is not joy? Number one Joy, 
is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Nowhere in the Bible does it describe what it feels like to have God's joy. It's not a feeling. You don't feel like joy sometimes. If you go through hard times, it, you, you don't feel joyful, but there's joy in you. It's not a feeling. If you're waiting to feel it, you're not going to feel it. Trust me. In all of us, our joy meter is broke on the feeler side. Okay? It's just not working. It's just, can't make it, it don't work. Feel is not the joy deal, okay? Because here's the deal. If you feel it, it makes it fleshy and worldly. If you try to create it with a smile and, and try to do a mood of joy, listen to me. There's a word for that, and unfortunately, we see this word played out in the church a lot. It's called fake. And fake is very unattractive to God. In, in God's presence is the fullness of joy. In God's presence, fake joy makes him throw up. Just don't know how else to say it. God will barf at your fake joy. He will. Because if you try to pretend joy, you're going to make him vomit. Because you cannot manufacture joy. Man can't do joy. Man can do happy. Because happiness comes from happenings. So I can make things happen to make me happy. But you cannot make yourself have joy. Can't. Because joy did not and will never come from you. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit, which you had nothing to do with, my friend. But it's a free gift to you upon salvation because of Calvary. And because of that free gift of the Holy Spirit living in you, you have joy. And joy is in you. And joy wants to come out of you because there's a world out there that needs to see the joy in you. You cannot manufacture it because it is not a feeling, my friend. Number two, it is not based on circumstances. Joy is not happiness, which we talked about, which depends on happenings. You can have joy even in hard times. Man, I've walked with people through some very hard times and seen joy. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Joy is not based on circumstances. All of us, every one of us, can come up with circumstances of each day not to be joyful. But on the same side of that, my friend, as a redeemed, born-again child of the King, we can understand that joy flows in us and is not affected by any circumstance which we find ourselves in. You can't control your circumstances. You say, well, I can control everything. Well, you're a control freak, and you can't. You can't. And let me tell you what I've learned about control freaks. The harder they can try to control things, the freakier they look. All right? And guess what? Guess who are very lonely in this world? Freaks. So if you want to really isolate yourself, be a freak and try to control everything. And trust me, you're not going to have a lot of friends, but you have a beautiful island to hang out on. All right? Do not try to control circumstances. There are circumstances you cannot control. Absolutely. And if all of your joy is whether or not all of your circumstances play out just 
like you want them to. If everybody acts the way you want them to act, says what you want them to say, dresses the way they want you to act, eat like you want them to do, walk like you want them to do, talk like you want them to, be like you want them, all lights turn green when you want them green, all lights turn red when you need them red, everybody drives like they've got a brain, everything happens perfectly, every line moves fast, every checker is awesome, every, every, uh, every person that waits on you is the best waitress, waiter in the world that God ever made. Your tea never gets old. It's always fresh. It's always sweet. It's not unsweet sometimes and sweet sometimes. I mean, it's just perfect. If you're waiting on all that to say, oh, I'm so joyful, that's not going to happen. You live in an absolute Walt Disney world. That is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're a cartoon character playing on this big dirt ball. It's not going to happen. It's not. So don't wait on circumstances to make joy for you. We'll not do it. We'll not do it. Third thing, joy is not. It's not a temporary experience. It's not a temporary experience. It's not a Las Vegas moment when you hit jackpot. It's not. Joy transcends the moment. It fills the circumstance of the day. The the feelings and the circumstances of this day has nothing to do with joy. You can have joy no matter what the past has been or the future holds. You absolutely are not locked in by the moment of time when it comes to joy. Joy is not a temporary experience, my friend. It's not. Happiness is. Happy, I mean, happiness is the top of the roller coaster at Six Flags. Hands up. Woo! And you're like, oh, I'm in trouble. And then down there. Then it crashes. That's what it is. So if you're like, oh, I'm so joyful, and then the next day I meet you, you're like, what's wrong with you? Oh, I just have one of them days. One of them days? The day before was a day? It was a good day. Why? Because, because everything was just great that day. Listen to me. I'm not saying you got to be fake and artificial. I know you have bad days. I know you come home, hot water heater bus, house got three inches of water in it. I get all that stuff. You're not like, woo, my hot water heater bus flooded everything. This is an awesome day. I got to have go outside and have joy. No, that's fake. That's stupid. Don't do that. You need slapped. Listen to me. You don't have fake joy, but you can't be controlled by some experience. And that's what people do. The world likes happiness, and happiness comes from happenings. It comes from temporary experiences that give us joy. So what is joy? What is joy? We know what it's not, so what is it? It's been defined as a deep state of well-being that transcends circumstances. Romans 14, 17 states this. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul said that I am sorrowful, yet I'm always rejoicing. I'm sorrowful, but I'm always rejoicing. I want you to go to John's gospel. Go to John. Go to John. Look at John chapter 4. John chapter 4. This is the woman at the well. The woman at the well It's absolutely trying to create circumstances in the world to bring her happiness, okay? She has five husbands. She's living with a man, and she's not happy. She's miserable, miserable. 
comes to the well to draw water at a time where she's hoping nobody is there. And Rutrow, the one that she needed to be there, was there. Jesus asked, I mean, Jesus answered, everyone, verse 13, John 4, 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said, smart woman, the woman said, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Give me this water so that it becomes in me a spring of living water so that I don't have to look for the world and, and, and circumstances and situations and experience, experiences to have happiness ever again. Because all of that did not do it for me. I'm still empty. I'm still hollow. I still don't know who I am. I'm still miserable. Every single day, I'm up and down. I, I'm moody. I don't have any satisfaction in life. And I'm trying to replace all that stuff with men in my life to make them fit, to give me purpose to give me meaning and all this stuff and, and God is not working so you give me water that will become in me a well a spring water that will never run dry never run dry what she's receiving is the Holy Spirit of joy in her what she's understanding is that circumstances and situations out there cannot bring joy this world was not designed to give you joy it can't this world can make you happy. And if you want to live off happiness, you're going to be like this. But joy is a constant, constant thing. And that's what you need in your life. Nehemiah 8.10 says this. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. True joy transcends circumstances. Such that even when we are suffering, we can have joy in our hearts. We may feel pain in the members of our body, but deep in our spirit, deep in our heart, we can have joy. We can have big joy. Now, listen to me. I know it's tough when you lose someone you love and care about. When you have someone suffer and die, when that happens in you, it, it sucks the air out of you. Because there's an empty place at a table. There's a place no one's going to be again. You're going to miss that person. You're going you're to wish they were still here. But listen to me. I'm telling you. You cannot hold them back. When your loved one is wanting to go dance with the angels in the presence of Jesus, you cannot hold them to this dirt ball. You've got to let them go dance. And then you've got to dance with them. Man, there was no way in my life that at 60 years old, my mom forgets who I am. And at 62, she goes to be with Jesus. I felt ripped off and robbed. Just honest truth. Was I mad? I was ticked mad. Because I knew how special my grandparents were in my life. And I knew my son and daughter was not going to get that experience. I'm going to tell you, man, Alzheimer's is a mean disease. Mean disease. My mom went from worshiping and loving Jesus to just drawing up to nothing. At 59 or 60, she wouldn't know me if I was standing right in front of her. And when Melissa and I saw her that night 
that morning at the funeral home. They opened that door when she was laying there. I didn't even recognize her. She looked 90. Looked 90, man. I'm going to say something to you, though. There is nothing in me that wanted to hold her here. When I saw her suffering in that old earth suit, when I saw her not even be recognizable, when she couldn't even recognize her son, when, I, when she couldn't, didn't even know where she was, I said, God, you got to take her home. Take her home. Take her home. Melissa's grandmother about a month ago passed away. We went to a funeral. Ninety-four years and still sharp as a tack, man. Sharp as a tack. But we couldn't hold her here if she wanted to dance in heaven. Listen to me. Pain may last for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. I mean, we got to sing that stuff because that's what it is. Jesus said, listen to me. This temporary loss here, don't rob them from what is they're, they're walking into. And I'm going to say something to you. I, I thought about my mom, and I'm like, there's no way I can mope around here and feel sorry that I don't have my mom and that, that Brett and Allie don't have a grandmother. It hurts me. I wish it was different, but it's not. But if my mom could speak into my life from heaven, she'd say, Jeff, listen to me, son. I know this wasn't the way we played it out. But listen to me. I am praising at the foot of the king, and I want you praising down here now. Don't you mourn for me. You celebrate me. You celebrate me. Listen to me. You're, the, body, the body can mourn. It can hurt. It can go through it. The members of my body, my body, my shell can hurt. But listen to me. That well that's in me from salvation, that well springs up a living water. I'm telling you, when, when, when it's not good out here, there's still joy pumping through here. And I'm going to tell you something. If, if you can't find joy in those circumstances, you've got to check and see if there is joy in there. Because if the Holy Spirit is in you, joy is in you. It's in you. you got to tap it. you got to tap it. Mm. So let's keep going because of time. How can I have joy? It's a good question. How can I have joy? By surrendering to the Holy Spirit. You can know the degree in which you are... which he is controlling your life by the degree of which you are experienced and manifesting his joy. You, you can know that. There's no way you can't know the degree of joy in your life. When you surrender every single day, you say, God, I can't have joy today. You're right, you can't. So surrender and watch me pump that joy through you. Don't, it's not trying. You can't try to produce a joy fruit you got to let it happen naturally, and it will happen naturally. I want you to go to your Bible. Go to James. Go to James. Go to James chapter 1. Look at verse 2. James 1, 2. Consider it pure joy. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When you are, 
when, when you are mature you're, and complete, you're not lacking anything. Listen to me. You, you, the way to have joy is to walk through your struggle. When you're walking through it, you're going to figure out what's lacking. You're going to figure out if you're not complete, okay? And when you find that out, you're going to know that, okay? What is lacking? Listen to me. You can have joy. You can have joy as you're walking through the hardest times of your life. You can if it's in you. If it's in you. There is nothing like knowing that our joy remains full even when I've been rendered empty of all that we thought we needed to sustain our happiness. Listen to me. All that we think we need to make us happy, when that is stripped away, joy absolutely takes over. And all the stuff that you thought you needed to make you happy, you realize that the only thing I really need in my life to bring joy and happiness to me is being in the presence of God. When you've got him, all fullness and joy rest. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not some spirit, some mystical thing out there. He is a person. There's no way to have a personal relationship with someone that's not a person. I mean, I, I know that's elementary, but please understand that. Because there's believers out there that think the Holy Spirit is this mystical world out here of, of candles and incense and woo. No, he ain't that. Okay? The Holy Spirit is alive and well and living in me, and he is a person. I walk with him daily. He walks with me daily. Okay? He is the joy that resonates inside of me. When there is nothing left in my person, his person is completely full of joy. So when I am dead and hurting and my body is suffering, when my spirit's suffering, when my heart is broken, when my person is not whole, the whole person of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit of God, the person is joy through me. You can find joy even in the hardest times of life. I want you to go to John chapter 15. Go back to John 15. John 15, we got to wrap her up. John 15, I want you to look at 4 and 5. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branch. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you will do nothing. When you are connected to that vine, when you are on that vine, when the, when the juice of the Holy Spirit is connected and flowing through that vine to those branches, you, my friend, will produce joy. You will. The question on the floor is, are you connected to the source? Because if you're trying to manufacture joy based on the world's terms, mm, not happening. It's just not happening. It's not happening. You're one moody, miserable sucker. You say, well, don't talk about me like that. I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about that person, okay? 
You cannot manufacture joy because if you try to manufacture it, it is very fake, very temporal, based on experiences and circumstances and happenings. And none of that defines the biblical joy that we're talking about. None of it does. Here's a big question out there. Can you lose joy? Can you lose joy? Well, my friend, I don't believe you can lose joy, but I believe the enemy can steal joy. And here's what I mean by that. In order to, to, to have joy, first of all, you've got to be saved. I believe that man, once a man is genuinely saved, he's saved. So the Holy Spirit lives in him. So you can't cut that off. That joy is still there. But can the enemy come in and steal the joy of a man? Yes. Or a woman? You bet he can. You say, well, how can he do it? Well, number one is this. Sin. Sin. Sin will rob joy. It will squash joy. You say, well, how do you know that? I'll tell you how I know. Go to Psalm 51. If you can't answer that question with Scripture, we're in trouble, right? Here's David after his encounter with Bathsheba. That dude is broken and messed up in Psalm 51. He says these words, Against you and you alone, God, have I sinned. Wash me with hyssop, cleanse me, make me whole. And look what he says in 51.12. 51.12. Restore. So in order to restore something, you must have already what? Had it. I can't restore something I don't have. I'm going to go restore my engine in my truck. Dude, you don't even have an engine. Oh, well, I'm going to go buy an engine, and then I'm going to restore it. Now, that makes sense because you can't restore something you don't have. So David says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I'm, I've sinned against you and you alone, God, in my disobedience, in me not being where I was supposed to be. I, I, my my eyes saw something, and, and I outran you, and I went, and I did what I shouldn't have done, and I'm sorry. I sinned against you, and I'm telling you, I feel terrible. I feel like a mess, a wreck. I feel unworthy. I shouldn't even be in your presence, God. I sinned against you. I'm ugly. I'm dirty. I'm a mess. I need you to cleanse me. And when you come before God like that and say, God, I, I don't even have any joy. I, I, I feel sick at myself right now. And he cleanses you. And he washes you white as snow. And then David said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Not my salvation because you didn't save yourself. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore that. Sin can absolutely wreck your joy. If you're living in sin, there's a pretty good bet you're not faithful and you're not obedient. And when you're not faithful and obedient, trust me, you're not going to have a lot of joy. You're not going to have a lot of joy. It's, it's your breath in our lungs, and we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, and we pour out our praise. Philippians 4, 4, Paul says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He says, sing 
in Acts 16, 25, it's that kind of joy that produces songs where? In prison, on a floor, in a jail. He's sitting on a jail cell floor, and he's singing at midnight praises. Why? Because there's joy, the breath in his lungs, there's joy in him, and he's praising him. Listen to me. You can have joy. You can have joy. When you're a born-again child of the king and the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have joy. The question is, are you tapping into that? Tapping into that joy. Paxson made a joke last week about me waking up humming. It's better than singing, trust me. But, But humming is my deal, man. I just do that all the time. I've been guilty of humming Christmas songs during weird times of the year. That's okay. They're really good songs. I don't know why we just sing them like a month long. I mean, they ought to sing them for long, longer than a month. So I'm always humming Christmas songs. I'm humming songs all the time. Because I believe that the greatest way, the greatest way to turn my engine of joy on each day is by worshiping. If you get up singing, you get up with a song in your heart, and you walk in that song, and you hum that song, you sing that song, you stick your hands out the window while you're driving, just one, and, 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 and worship. Let me tell you something. You're going to have a real hard time being all pitiful and downcast all day when you wake up singing. But if you wake up, oh me, oh me, oh me, then you're going to walk in oh me all day. And oh me is not attractive. Jesus said, I put a song in your heart, a new song, and you got to sing that song. And many will hear, and many will see, and many will put their faith in you. Let me ask you today. If you were walking around, and people were going to put their faith in Christ based on your joy, would they? If they watched your joy all day long, and they said, I'm going to come to Christ based on what I see in this guy's life, in the area of joy. Oh, I, I don't know. No. If that dude is saved and he's born again and he's been redeemed and that's what he looks like and that's his joy and that's what Jesus does in him, no, thank you. I can do that good on my own without that. Listen to me. They're watching you. They're watching me. And we need to understand that the Holy Spirit of God lives in us. And the spirit of joy lives in us. And we've got to let that joy come through our veins. We are the branches. And we've got to produce a fruit of joy that many will walk by and want to pick and eat. Can they pick your joy today? Do they want your joy today? Are they, are they absolutely standing at the tree of your life looking at the joy fruit in your life going, wow, I want that fruit that, I, want, I want to be that guy. I want to be that woman right there. Right there. As we move to time of invitation, I simply want to ask you one question this morning. And then we're going to pray. I simply want to ask you, what did the Holy Spirit say to me through this message today? What did the Holy Spirit say to me through this message today? I have joy I don't have joy. If you don't have joy, why? Do you not have the power in you to profess that joy?
Or is there sin and disobedience in your life that's robbing and stealing that joy? Or am I just not rejoicing always? And again, I say rejoice. Because joy is a choice. And you can get up joyful or you can choose not to get up joyful. But the song's in you. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, in just a little bit, we're going to stand for a time of invitation, Father. God, I pray for anyone that's sounded my voice that, that doesn't know you, that they'd meet you today. Maybe there's a family looking for a church home. I invite them to come this morning. Maybe we just need to come to the altar. And maybe for some of us, just need to confess some sin that's robbing our joy. Just call out like David did. It's not my mama's fault, my daddy's fault, not my sister's fault, not my teacher's fault, not my coach's fault, not where I live fault. I just sinned against you, God. That's, that's the bottom line. And I want you to restore my joy. Maybe this morning you need prayer. You want to come, receive prayer. Whatever you want, Father, you move us. and We will be obedient to you in Christ's name. Amen.